0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga A teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng Word this morning Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach Thank you because your people are anointed to receive And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. This morning we're going to have an extensive study of managing and maximizing relationships in life. And I consider this a very, very important Subject that sometimes as the children of God We are not very deliberate about And the reason is because Many times we have an assumption That, you know, because we are in good terms with God that, you know, everything in life is just going to work out well And I've even heard people say, well, you know, there's a way they say it I fear God, I, I don't respect man, I respect only God I mean, they have all those funny statements And we, we, to a very large extent, even as children of God Underestimate the power of relationships in our life and we can, we can carry on with that whole thing about, you know what, this thing is just about God. It's not about man. And we should change the ability we have to fulfill destiny. And when I, when I teach the subject of favor, for instance, we're going to read a lot of scriptures. We're, we're going to spend some time in the Word today. If you go to Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to be sharing a whole lot Along this subject. So take as much note as you can. Get the message later. But if you go to Luke chapter 5. And. um, When you. Sorry Luke chapter 2. Sorry Luke chapter 2. And verse 52. You would find the statement. And Jesus. Kept increasing in wisdom. And stature. And in favor with God and men And if you take your time to study the scriptures You would see that you would find this phrase constantly Favor with God and with men It takes favor in these two realms to excel in life There is a God part of life and there is the man part of life And being able to balance that is one of the fundamentals of success. So today we're looking at managing and maximizing relationships in life. And I think I've taught in this church before about the determinants of life. And I think in that particular subject we um, explained what is a determinant. A determinant is a factor which decisively affects the nature or outcome of something. So, a determinant is a factor which affects the nature or the outcome of something. So let's say a football match is being played, it's the 93rd minute and a penalty is given. And um, the, 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 the club, which has a penalty, fortunately scores. That penalty can be, be said to be the determinant of that match. All right? Or maybe let's say it's a few seconds to the end of the match and a header comes up. You know, something comes up, a, a footballer makes a mistake, and because of that, they lost the match. That is a determinant. It has the capacity to do what? To affect the outcome Everybody say outcome Outcome. Or the nature nature. Of something Let's say one more time Say determinant Determinant. Has the ability ability. To affect the nature Or the outcome of something Relationships Are primarily Determinants in life And this is what I mean A relationship can affect Your nature or the outcome of your life. And I'd like you to pay very close attention to what I'm sharing this morning. I believe it is life changing. Relationship is a major determinant in your life and destiny. Life was designed for relationships. But we have to make the choice of who to relate with. So I wrote a lot of wisdom stuff in my notes. So I'm going to read in a lot from my notes. Okay, So life was designed for relationships. Life was designed for relationships. But you choose who to relate with. There was only one time God had to make a choice for someone. And that was in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. It says it's not good for a man to be alone. So I'm going to do what? I'm going to make him a helper That was the only time God chose for man After that Man's will Got into play Where choices are concerned But do you realize that That one relationship Adam got into Drove him from the garden Or you don't know Why do you think we are here today? It's because of this statement. That one way... So, you don't need many people to destroy your life. You know, sometimes we feel that it's a lot of bad friends that destroy life. No, just... There were only two. Adam and Eve. She wasn't going to the saloon. Just Adam, just Eve. And the outcome of that relationship was that they were driven from the garden. Eve's choice to listen to the serpent was a primary determinant in the life of Adam. Eve's choice to listen to the serpent determined that Adam spent the rest of his life outside of the garden of Eden. So you don't need many people to make your life. You don't need many people to destroy your life. One wrong person is enough to send you out of the garden. So you find out this, right? So just Adam and Eve and animals. That's how powerful relationship is. And most times, relationships that destroy don't present themselves like they will destroy you. They come in form of suggestions. She's like, I just ate this thing, I think it's interesting. Do you want to try it? I said, ah, what did you eat? So that stuff God said we should not eat. But you know what? I found something. And that was the beginning of their journey out of the garden. We underestimate, and I'll say this we underestimate relationships. We we underestimate it. Every one of us here, apart from my TCC kids who are here, every one of us here feel like we are in charge. You know, when we teach peer pressure, we always target teenagers. But the truth of the matter is that adults go through peer pressure. There are people who are doing stuff today, married men, who are doing it because their friends are doing it. There are, there are married men stealing today, cheating today, doing all kinds of rubbish today, because their old school mate is doing it. And we are subject to peer pressure. And like my friend Brandon Bailey would say, even our culture is peer pressure from our ancestors that are dead. The people who are dead in the grave... Controlling us that are living Because we feel that if we don't do things like this Then the dead man will not be happy So there's prayer pressure from ancestors There's prayer pressure from people around us There's peer pressure from our phone Some of us are directly influenced Not by our relationships with people But our relationships with our phone which means that ultimately we are influenced by relationship with Instagram. It's altered our choices, altered our behavior, altered our looks, altered our values. Relationships determine the outcome of your prayers. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Which is interesting First Peter three seven. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honour as a fellow heir of the grace of the of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. I've always said it in this church that we have a wrong approach to teaching marriage in the body of Christ. When we teach marriage in the body of Christ, we put a lot of the responsibility on the women, which is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach that. The responsibility of the marriage, if you study from scriptures, is on the man. That is why when, when Eve even messed up, God sent Adam out. Because Adam ought to assume the responsibility for the instructions that were given. Here, the scripture does not say the woman should live with the man with understanding. Rather says the man should live with the woman with understanding, or his prayers will be hindered. Which tells me that if you are a prayer warrior and you have a wrong relationship with your wife, you will not see answers to prayers. I didn't say it. That's what the Bible said. Are we here? That means your prayer life and answers to your prayer is directly connected to how you manage the relationship with your wife. Look at it here. You show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. That's why you cannot marry somebody you will not be able to honor if not you just realize that for the rest of your life no prayers will be answered. That's it there. Because relationships is vital. God, God will deal with you based on your relationship with your wife. And so this whole thing of, "I don't care, let that do her own thing. Let me do my own thing. Hey, 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 are you ready for progress? This is big. That's why for a young man, if you want to marry, ask yourself, will I be able to show this person honor? Not just, will this woman be able to honor me? Will I be able to show her honor? Because right here, the scripture says, the man shows the woman honor as a fellow of the grace of life. So when you are looking for who to marry, it's not just about who is going to honor you. It's who you can also show honor so that your prayers will not be hindered. Are we on the same page? Is this the word of God? Yes. Right. The second one is Matthew chapter 5 verse 25. Somebody say, well, thank God I'm not married. <laughs> well, let's see if God has something for you. You know, I like that song. God has something to say. Listen, listen. Pay attention for God. I have something to say. Praise God. Matthew 5 24. Let's see from verse 23. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your offering there before the altar and go first. Be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. So Jesus says that our offerings is at the mercy of what we have against our brothers. It's a relationship. There is big priority in relationship. In fact, it goes on to say, Make friends quickly with your opponent at law, while you are with him on the way, so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. There's no need for big interpretation here. God say, listen, if somebody is going to arrest you, he say on the way, make friends quickly. Said because if he takes you to the court, you will go to prison for your inability to manage. Huh? You, do you realize that the Lord did not say he will prevent you from prison? That's why the scripture says that while I was in prison, you visited me. Because some people will be in prison. Do you understand? Is, yeah, that's, I mean, Jesus says, while I was in prison, you say, when did we do? This? You say, when will we visited the list of these. So, the list of these, some people will be in prison. It's amazing how God does not exclude us from the consequences of our actions, even though He has mercy on us. Right? It's amazing that. Sometimes we will bear the consequences of our actions with the grace of God strengthening us to go through that. Which means that God will not shut the prison door, but in prison you will have peace that passes understanding, but you will be in prison. A good relationship with Jesus, serving the Lord, you are a chaplain in prison, but ten years of your life will be there if you do not manage your relationship with your And he says do it quickly. Because before you get to the law courts, if it's not handled, He tells you the destination of that offense. God is just. He is fair. He is not going to bend the rules for you. And so if you do something that is worth prison terms, God will not necessarily... A miracle can happen, but by default, He will not stop you from going to prison. He tells you what to do quickly. If you have people to beg that person, call them now. Start begging. If you need to kneel on your way, kneel down now. Because what's destination? Prison. Are we together here? Do you you see that how you manage that relationship will determine if you'll be out of prison or in prison? It's very clear. If you manage that relationship well, what can happen? You can avoid prison without prayer points. Just learning how to manage that. Many of us are where we are today in our lives because of the way we manage the relationships that we have. Or we are managing the relationships that we have. Are you still here? Proverbs chapter tw- 13 verse 20 says this. The one who walks with wise people will be wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. He who works with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. The New Living Translation says, Work with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Work with the wise and you become wise. Associate with fools and you get into trouble. It tells us that your associations will determine your outcome. But, but the issue here is why I needed us to look into this subject is that most adults feel that their choices are right. And that's where the problem is. It's easy for us to cancel teenagers. It's easy for us to cancel young people. But most times, adults find it difficult to realize that this association is not productive. Because we feel that we are right. Especially men. Surely when you are married and you have children, you just feel that anything you do is right. And if you have that posture towards life, you will self-destruct. Are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? In, in Psalms chapter 1 verse 1, it, it tells us about the blessedness of the man who meditates on the word of the Lord. But it does not disassociate that blessedness from his association. Let's read Psalms chapter 1 verse 1. How blessed is the man? What what is this man? How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's a relationship there. Not stand in the path of sinners. Not sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now interestingly, as I was reading this morning, this came to me very strongly. If this man, go back to verse 1 for me. If this man was walking in the counsel of the wicked, was... Standing in the power of sinners and was sitting in the seat of scoffers, he will not delight in the law of the Lord. Hey, are you here? He will not do what? He will not delight in the law of the Lord because all of these three categories of people do not value God's law. It is the fact that he is not in relationship with these people that gives him the time to do What? To delight in the law of the Lord. Listen. The people you walk with will determine if you have time for God's word. So you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. You don't stand in the path of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful, or scoffers. Sorry. Because if you sit in the seat of the scoffers, they will scoff at God's word. They will mock at God's word. They will not allow you to meditate on the word. But because he's not friends with these people, he's got time to do what? Meditate on the word Are you here? Your relationship will determine Do you have friends that when you miss church They look after you They say hey why were you not in church? Do you have friends that are Passionate about the things of God in your life? Do you even have friends That stir you up in the things of the spirit? Do you have friends that when you buy a brand new car Their first Expression will not be caught soap for me. They will ask you, "Hey boy, come, where did you get this money from?" Do you have friends like that? Do you have friends that when you just show up, you become rich overnight? They say, "I know you always had the potential to make it," or they say, "Come on, guy, let's let's answer some questions." Unfortunately, we all profess wisdom And that's why many people self-destruct Even though they are good Christians The good Christians But they have wrong associations How do you manage relationships? Dr. Mike Muddock says When God wants to bless you He puts a man in your life And when Satan wants to destroy you He puts a man in your life Man in this case will be Both man and woman Okay? When God wants to bless you He brings people your way He puts a man, he puts a woman in your life When Satan wants to destroy you What does he do? He brings a man or a woman your way Every bad habit was learned Every good habit was learned And somebody taught it Nobody grew up smoking I mean there was no child They just gave birth to and from the womb He told his parents Hold this cigar for me Nobody. Every child did what? Grew up and was like <laughs> was taught. Draw your first puff, you cough, say, relax, relax, relax. See, that's how you cough at first. Yeah, and they gave you confidence and motivation. You know, everybody is motivated to do bad or evil. Give you confidence, motivation before you turn out. Whose counsel do you listen to? Whose path do you stand in? Where do you sit? And you, if you look at this verse carefully, you discover that this is all the activities of human beings, Either sitting, standing, or working. Just think about your whole life. Who do you associate with? This is critical. Even though Paul was called, Acts chapter 9, very interesting story, verse 26. And I, and I find this quite interesting. Acts chapter 9 and verse 26. This is, this is quite interesting. Are you learning something this morning? Say amen if you are. Right, Acts chapter 9 Verse 26 Nobody had such a dramatic call As Paul had Very dramatic call Very dramatic call But you know what Despite the fact that Paul was called His ministry was not accepted People were afraid of him Nobody was giving him people to preach See what happened Verse verse 26 When he came to to Jerusalem He was trying to associate with the disciples But they were all afraid of him Not believing that he was a disciple I mean, this guy saw God. Hands had been laid on him. Powerful revelation. Ministry was stunted. But Barnabas took a hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, moving about, filling Jerusalem, speaking out what? Boldly in the name of the Lord. From 27, 26, sorry, from verse 26, where there were no ministry doors to him, in verse 27, Barnabas took a hold of him, in verse 28, the doors of ministry was opened. One right association. Just one person takes a hold of him and introduces him and says, hey, you know what, this guy is a disciple, God appeared to him, God has called him, bam, the doors were opened. If Paul has said, you know what, Jesus appeared to me I saw the Lord, I don't need man I only fear God You will be there with your calling uh, There was a story I read in the motivational book many years ago There was a lawyer that was struggling And then he met, he met this very good lawyer in the city And said, you know, I'm really struggling And this guy had all kinds of jobs The big lawyer had all kinds of jobs and so the, 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 the older lawyer said, I'm going to do something for you. He said, as soon so, as so, so time, come, and we're just going to you know, take a show around the city, go to some places, eat, and then I'll share a few things with you. He did that for like a week, not really sharing anything, just saying all kinds of things that were not even related to how to make it. But after about a week, this younger lawyer got a call. Someone gave him a job. And jobs started coming. And jobs started coming. After a month, he went to this lawyer and said, I really don't understand what you did. But after those conversations we had, remember the conversation was not anything about law, he said, jobs started coming. And then he said, this is just what I did. The fact that people saw both of us together, consistently for one week, having lunch, going to golf courses, Going to places together, the people who could not afford me started coming to you thinking that we are close and if I'm this good, you will be this good. Who you work with determines who will approach you. Uh, it's just my friend, we don't have anything, but both of you are constantly together. It's you that know that both of you don't have anything. We see from the outside. You know you don't have... You can't explain your friends to people. There's what you can... You've got to understand this about life. And I I want to really deal with this because as Christians sometimes we miss this. See, people's perception about you matters a lot in life. You have to control that perception by your behavior. Imagine I come to church this morning, I just wore shorts and tie, right? And I'm teaching this message, right? And then the next day I just come, I I wear my singlet is outside, and I say, you know what? I don't care what people say, the content of what is coming out of my mouth will be strong. But are you sure we're going to have a growing church? See, I have to control that perception. This issue of I can't control what people think about me, I think it's wrong. You can control by the way you live. That is why when the deacons were chosen in Acts chapter 6, it says, look for men who have good reputation. That means, it says, look from among you. Men who have what? Good reputation. Which means that there were people in the church who had no good reputation. Go back and listen to that message. A good name is better than riches. You have to control that. You have to control that. Any... Body, they, they see you with consistently. They will associate you with that person. You can't change that. That's the love of life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're yeah, a young Christian boy coming out. All your friends are people with dubious character. Listen to me. You can't tell me you are not Because the truth of the matter is that once in a while You will have to cover them up in their ways You have to lie that they are in your house When they are not in your house Am I, am I speaking the truth? Why burden yourself With having friends that you have to lie for? Why carry that burden in life? And then they call you say, is say is, is, is it there? Is that we get back to you, network? Hello? Hello? And then you cut the call. Then you're not called. What, what should I say? Say, say, I'm there. Say, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. You see, life is too short and too complex to add complexities to your life. One of the things you must, you must seek to achieve in life is simplifying your life. Just, just make it simple. Life is too, too fragile to. <laughs> To have complex situations. Complex relationships. You must learn to demystify life. Your choice of relationships will determine the outcome of your life. So, that, so Barnabas had to do that. And when Barnabas did that, ministry of Paul was open. A young, uh, 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 you know, most times when I mentor people, I, I try to tell them, be careful of what you put out there. Be careful of what you say. Be careful of what you write. People observe. People follow. Be careful of your disposition. People observe. People follow. And let me tell you, every time people need to make a decision, there are several people in their head. How many of us, let me give you an example. How many of you this morning, if you're thinking of who to give your shoe to, let's just say your shoes, there'll be like three, four people in your head. Am I right? You know that whoever you pick at that time is the person who will have that shoe, even though three people need it. Do you understand the example? I want to give something out. Right? I want to give something out. Pay very close attention to this. I want to give something out. It means that if these four brothers in front come to my mind, it means four of them need it. But let's say maybe one day I was just sitting and Somebody gave this brother something. And he didn't particularly really like it. And he just said, ah, people will just, whatever they have used, that's what they will give to somebody. <laughs> it is where we thank God we answer our case. Now, when he said it, it wasn't because I wanted to give him something. Right? Now, the day I choose to give him something, what do you think is going, that statement is going to do to me? I just remember, ah, the last time somebody gave him this was how he reacted. When I will give him that is how he reacted now, by that subconscious action, he has eliminated eliminated himself from favor. He, he's eliminated himself. Now, he will not be wondering why is God not blessing him. It is his attitude to what someone gave him in your presence. That has stopped you from giving him. And then you are somewhere. And somebody now says, I'm thinking of giving that brother something. He does not value what people have used Though, Now, you understand that? Just one action has affected your harvest from me. I have recommended that action to someone. And we don't know how far that's going to travel for the rest of your life. Even though you have changed, most people don't know. People don't relate to you based on your change. They relate to you based on the last incidents both of you had. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why there is no conversation that is casual. I I just talk, not a problem. You will just reap. Do you understand? You know, you will just rape. And sometimes we make it look like God is unfaithful when we have terrible habits. It is not just prayer. It is not just fasting. There is something about managing relationships on the earth. That every Christian needs to be deliberate about. You've got to be conscious about it. Praise God. Are you still here? All right. Let's continue. If you don't manage relationships with wisdom, you might destroy good relationships. It's my dad that first read this scripture to me, and I've never forgotten. I used to go to his own house then. I used to go to the house. I morning, afternoon, evening. I was in that house. So one day my dad now called me. He said, Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 25. If my dad calls me and he says, Turn your Bible, I know it's correction. He said, I'm, I'm telling you it's the word of God So you won't say it's because of me But he read the scripture to me Proverbs 25, 17 Changed my life He says, let your foot Rarely be in your neighbor's house Or he will become weary of you And hate you Did you see that? <laughs> Did you see that? Eh? I know you are pretending that you did not see it, but Church of the Living God. Did you see Proverbs 25 verse 17? It says, let your food rarely be your neighbor's house or he will become weary of you and hate you. That means that if you don't manage the relationship with your neighbor wisely, it will become wearisome. Amplified says... New Living Translation says, don't visit your neighbors too often or you will wear out your welcome. Uh, My uncle said I can come to his house anytime that you have not left. One day you will call, you will be hearing them from inside the house, say, we are not at home. say, But I can hear your voice. We traveled, we left our voice. (laughs) Don't visit your neighbor too often. Manage it. Somebody says, oh, you can reach me anytime Then you call the person YM What's that? Hmm? Some of you don't even And I'm going to deal with some things this morning Some of you don't even know When it's too late to call hmm? For instance, you have people who have night habits So they walk at night So to you, when you are awake Everybody should be awake You know there are people like that So you just say, how ah, can somebody sleep by 10? You, you say, how can somebody be sleeping by 10? How can you be awake by 10? You know, it's a selfish approach to life. It's a selfish approach to life. It's a selfish approach to life. Say, so don't visit your neighbor's store phone or you will welcome. Manage relationship The fact that there's proximity Doesn't mean there should be weariness Don't wear people with your demands These are little things that can Make life beautiful If we know how to manage them People pray good prayers But they associate with those Who will cancel their prayers What is the Bible requirement For all men? Bible requirement is to be at peace with all men. But not necessarily friends with all men. Romans chapter 12 verse 18. Be at peace with all men. But it doesn't say you should be friends with everybody. Romans 12. If possible, look at this. As far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone Now, pay very close attention to this verse Because I want to unlock some things here Look at what the scripture says If it is possible So far as it depends on you Be at peace with all men You know why? See, the Lord is recognizing here That it takes two people to make a relationship work What that means is that sometimes the peace you experience with other people is not dependent on you. It's also dependent on them. Because most of us struggle in friendships that are expired. You you count yourself a friend to this person. The person doesn't count you like that. It doesn't depend on you. You know, unfortunately I sat down with married people to cancel them and pray And sometimes they want to go apart And somebody say, oh I want to fight for this And I'm listening, you can't fight for what the other person is not fighting for Imagine you get into a boxing ring And then one person is just fighting The other person just keeps their hand At the point the referee will say, it's okay Do you understand what I'm saying? What that means, listen carefully Where two people are involved It will take mutual commitment to make that relationship work Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why friendship will never be one-sided. And don't let people guilt trip you. Ah, it's been long I heard from you. If you had called me, you would have heard from me. Don't just start, you know, if I call people that haven't called for a long time and they start on that plane, you, you, uh, you know that you have gone down the list. It's just, it's just, it's just, because as an adult, you also have the responsibility of keeping in touch. Nobody was born to keep in touch. It's not a personality type. It's just value. It's just character. It's just intentionality. Praise God. And I'll go there to continue. Sometimes we should know that friendship comes in. Not sometimes. Friendship comes in seasons There are seasons of your life Where some people will be there for you They will be friends But the challenge we have is that when we move to the next season We want to force people to get into the next season With us that are not ready for the next season And so we keep dragging The past into the present And the present into the future When they are not ready for the future You'll have Friends that you grew up with did all the great things with but now there is demands on your life to rise to a higher phase if they're not ready to walk to the higher phase you must learn to exit gracefully because if your friends are not making progress they will drown your own progress and when i mean progress i don't just mean making money i mean developing becoming better are you still here I was selling, I was talking with a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine. We're talking, and he said, and we're talking about hobbies. You know, what are your hobbies? What do you like to relax with? I said, May I relax with books? I said, No, something less strenuous. I said, It's not strenuous for me. And my closest friend, my best friend. That is how he relaxed. Too. He relaxes with books. So, when both of us are relaxing, we are relaxing with books. So, we, we don't find it weird. There is somebody like you in this world. Find them. I'm telling you. I mean, a few days ago, I mean, I think last... Three days ago, he just called me. There's a place we used to buy Books. In Abuja, you know him, Pastor Paul. He just called me. He said, they called me that they brought new books. I said, okay, go. So he went and he was sending me books. Books. I bought a carton of books. What about 52,000? That are in Abuja that needs to be shipped. That's how we relax. When he finds a new book joint, he calls me. I found where they are selling books. Fine. So I can now have friends who like beer palo. Say, "Ah, we've been in school. We, We grew up together. We grew up together does not mean we should fail together. So I so my best friend tell me about new books, new authors. I'm find that way. It you know you have to define what is your hobby. You have to define what is being social to you. You have to define what is entertainment for you. For me, entertainment is education. I am weird, but yes. Entertainment is not Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I cannot have friends now who don't like boots. Who like boots. Have you you seen these Nike boots? For what now? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now if your own is buying of shoes, there are people like you. There's somebody like you in this world. Maybe you have to find them. Three key factors about relationship. Are you still here? Number one, all relationships in your life will not be equal. All relationships in your life will not be equal. Now this is very key. John 2:24, the Bible says, Jesus did not commit himself to men because he knew what was in man. So Jesus did not commit to every man. John 2:24. Jesus Did not commit to every man. Come on, John 2 24. Are you there? All right. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. So you don't entrust yourself to everyone. Please pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. Most times we feel hot in life because we're entrusted. Ourselves to people who betrayed us. The first thing you should ask yourself was, Was this person worthy of that trust? Because sometimes, because we sat on the same seats, do you realize that? And I'll show you. Do you realize if you write this down, you don't need to read it. I want you to leave this Matthew 17 1. Just write Matthew 17 1 down, but leave this up on the screen for me. John 2 24. Matthew 17 1. What does it say? It says, He took Peter, James, and what John to what to so the mountain. Matthew 17. Six days later, Jesus took him, Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on the mountain by themselves. Listen carefully to this and don't miss this. Jesus had twelve disciples. But he always took Peter, James, and John and taught them, pay attention to this, he taught them things and revealed himself to these three people in ways that the other disciples did not know. You know the reason why? In the future, Peter, James, and John were going to become the pillars of the church. And you know what? Jesus warned them. He says, the things I'm telling you, when you get down, he said, do what? He said, tell no one, including the other disciples. So imagine Peter now say, ah, but look me, there's something wrong. But Jesus said, I should tell no one, but you know, we are disciples. I don't like to keep secrets. The next time they are going to the mountain, you just realize that, ah, say where are they? So we were in the mountain, really, they won't pick you. This is where I'm going to. Some of you have been, people have taken you and have entrusted themselves to you. It is not in your place to share those information with others. They knew why they picked you and not your colleague. Your boss picks you in the office, shares vital things with you. You now want to show that we are the ones that are connected in high places. Say, show me. Let me see. see, Give me your name. Give me your name. I'll I'll check it for you. Check it for you. See, I know where the names are. Who sent you? It looks like you are helping your friend, but you're destroying the capacity to be trusted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not everything that you have access to in the office. Your friend must know that you have access to. And this is it now. Because, and I'll go there. we We will finish this message today. Listen to this. On this part, you are relating to a higher person. On this part, you are relating to a peer, to a colleague. You must understand that there are rules that govern this relationship, and there are rules that govern this relationship. If you're relating to somebody who is high, confidentiality is big. Are you following this? Let me tell you this. That is why most times when top people start relating with you, they are big on who your friend is. You know why? You know why? Because they are conscious of what has been entrusted to you. Because conversation leak in very friendly atmosphere. It's why you are just drinking malt. They say, ah, you don't know that they will drop, they will drop you. They say, where did you see it? They say, oh, no worry, no worry. I mean... Do you understand that? It is in that loose moment. It's in that loose moment. One of the things that have helped me a lot in life and ministry was the fact that I started working with my dad very early. Very early. It was ordained to ministry very early. And that gave me access to my dad's friends. Most of my friends in ministry are my dad's friends. And that, that made me to know that there are certain things my age mates are doing that I cannot do. There is no friend that my dad has today that I will reach out to that will not respond, that I will invite for a meeting that will not show up. So imagine I now go on Facebook and I start posting very childish things that my age mates are posting. I would lose those associations. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, I will lose those associations. So I must be able to know that If I'm relating with my dad And he's giving me access to these people There is a way I should I might lose out on what my friends are posting, am I lose out on having to lie down in the morning, do Snapchat and put dog ears in front of my ears and say hello am I lose that, do I want to do that sometimes I want to feel among sometimes but the truth of the matter is for my destiny to be fulfilled there's a level of maturity I need to have even though my physical numbers will be small and I tell you this that's why sometimes young pastors don't, cannot pastor older people Because although they have the word, their behavior is youthful. So you see that most times they just pass out their age mates until those age mates, until all of them just are matured. It takes a, and that's why Paul had to tell Timothy, let no man despise their youth. We always quote that scripture. But the next phase is that be thou an example of speech, of purity. That means even though you are young, talk maturedly. And Paul had to tell him, for a man not to despise your youth, you have to be an example. They call you into the inner circle of a man, and you are just childish everywhere. The man will just tell yourself that this person can't be trusted. And let me tell you, everybody in this world is looking for one person they can trust to entrust things into their life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you realize that sometimes. The servants in the house, the maid in the house, no more than the children, because the, children, the servants can be trusted, and that's why you see. I don't know if you realize that there are certain people who are like drivers to certain people, and those drivers are like uncle to the children. They are like uncles in the home. Those drivers get blessed. Why one particular driver? They are sucking him. All these. I have many driving experiences. I have driven for many people. Why one person? Right. Come on, are you, are you still in church? One person is driving when the children were small. Now all the children are married. That person is still driving. Ask yourself, why is that man there? He's not there because of comp- com- competence. He's there because of confidence. Sometimes in life, your movement is not as a result of competence. It's, can the man above you have confidence in you? He's just driving and driving and driving Until those children will get married They will now start blessing that man And blessing his children He's still driving Everybody knows this man cannot see again But who will tell him that you can't drive again He said, Do you understand He has built so much confidence That the whole family can do what Rest in it. Come on church are you here are you here? So, see, let me tell you One of the ways to maximize relationship Is to grow to the point where people can entrust And have confidence in you And they will entrust things to you That you are not even planning You would have Are you still here? So all relationships in your life will not be equal Don't ever think that everybody in your life Will have the same space and I think we make that mistake. Sometimes we try to bring everybody to the same space. Or, sometimes we think we are in a space with certain people when we are not in that space. So somebody wants to get married and they don't inform you. And you are angry. Well, well let me use that example well. so that. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that sometimes people honestly forget. That's one. Then the other truth that you might not want to hear is that sometimes you are not as close to this person as you thought you were. Because that marriage was planned with some people. It's just that you were not among some. You thought you were. It's called false assumption. What, do you understand? What that means is that don't assume that you are occupying a role in people's lives that in themselves you are not occupying that role. That is why one of the frustration pastors have is to feel that everybody who sits under them they are their pastors. That's not the truth. You can have a church of 200 members and you are pastoring only five people, those are the five people that have given you the authority to be a pastor over them. It will save you from high blood pressure because somebody can just relocate now and just say, so, How are you? So, I, I, I. Ah, now? Ah, we've left since two months. Oh, that's why we have not been seeing in church. Don't feel bad. Uh, don't feel bad. There are people who knew about that movement. Are, do you understand what I'm saying? And there are people in the church who before they will make that movement, will say, this is what we're thinking. What are your thoughts? Those ones are the people you are their pastor. It is true. Do you, so there is no need to be angry that ah, if somebody was my own information you don't give me access to. I can't be angry that you took it because when the outcome also, I mean, I'm not responsible. For that, let's just leave it at like that. But do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't try to be a counselor to someone who is not asking for advice. So. And that's an important point. There must be no assumptions in relationship. We'll get there. Number two, all relationships would affect your life. All relationships will affect your life. No relationship is neutral. I want us to use the mathematical symbols. All right? What are the basic mathematical symbols? Addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. Fantastic. So, all relationships will do these things to your life. They will either multiply you, they will add to you, they will divide you, or what's the, what's the next one? Or they will subtract from you. You can't have friends that you are the only one giving to. It's subtraction. Every time, I there, can you help me with 4k there? I mean, with 6k there. Can you help me with 4k there? By the time you calculate all the k's, you would have been a listen, listen, listen. You have to sit down and redefine that relationship. Say, come, are we running a charity organization here, yeah, or we are friends? You can't have a friend that you are the only one giving. Mm-mm. Let's just know that I am supporting you. Then we classify you as part of this. A friend in need is a friend indeed. A friend in need. you can if you are always in need. There's a problem. We've been friends in need for ten years. Something is wrong. Are you following this? You know, some people think it's wisdom to hide themselves in friendship, to only be receiving. And let me tell you, you are not managing relationships well. Are you hearing this now? So, no friend will leave you the same. So right, multiplication, addition, subtraction, or division. They will do all of these things. <laughs> the maths you refuse to learn. You have come to learn it. Right? Your friend will either multiply you, Will add to you, will subtract you, or will divide you. No friend leaves you the same. See, every friendship is cost implicative. There's cost for every friendship. It will cost your time, it will cost your money, it will cost your energy, it will cost your emotions. Come on, is somebody still in church? Are you learning something? Number three, all relationships will require efforts on your part. All relationships would require effort on your part There will be effort to maintaining the relationships All relationships will require effort There is no relationship that is striving That will not require effort No relationship that is striving that will not require effort And sometimes people want relationships that they are not putting in effort that is why even in marriage, it will require effort. If you don't put effort in your marriage, it will just start degenerating. Everybody has to put effort. Let's go on. You cannot control people's values. But people's values are revealed in their actions. Let's read something. Proverbs chapter 16. Turn your Bibles with me. Proverbs sixteen twenty-seven. Proverbs 16, A worthless man digs up evil while his words are scorching fire. A perverse man spreads strife And a slanderer separates intimate friends. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. All the three categories of men listed here have a particular value system. Talked about a perverse man. A man of violence. Talks about a worthless man who digs up evil. Never focusing on the future, always digging the past. Always digging the past every time you sit down. You always remember how you people were jumping from, from the class when you were in primary four. All your story, you continue from there how you jumped, how a teacher caught you. You and I mean, that's just, just digging up evil. There is no progressive conversation. Let me tell you something. If you work with friends who don't value education, let me just give an example. If you work with friends who don't value education, the tendency that you will be able to get a doctorate degree is low. It's very low. Because anytime they say they'll tell you Brigade dropped out of school. The only example is Brigade. He said, said Dangote, which school did you go to? I tell you. Do, do you get my point? Now, if you value friends who have who, if you have friends who value education, the chances of getting a doctorate is there, because they'll keeps uh, it's just four years. It's just four years. Do you get? But if you have people who don't value education, say four years for what? Studying what? If you just do cryptocurrency in four years, you can even buy the university. They are always thinking of buying the university. They never think of entry. We just buy the school. We we'll just buy the school. They just want to buy the school. Those people never think of going to. They just think of buying. Let me tell you, if you really want to go for educationally, separate yourself from those who are always thinking of buying the school. Because even if the school has been bought, you will still need lecturers to teach in the school. Will you buy students too? So your value system, are you following what I'm saying? Your, predom- your friends predominantly will determine the outcome of your life because their value system will shape your decision. And let me tell you something, listen very carefully to this. If you say you want to do something and your friend disagrees with you, the momentum will come down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you say you want to do something now, and then your friend says, ah, that thing, will it work? You see, your, your energy will come down. And the reason most people don't achieve great in life is because the circle of people they surround themselves with drown their energy. You can't be around me and not read books. It, you are, there's nothing. It won't happen. It can never happen till I die. You know, my wife walks into my office seven times. Pastor Mary, she walks into my office seven times. Yeah, she picks 13 books. She says, this one, is it the one they read here? I say, yes. She's my wife. But there are certain books that I have that won't leave my office. You, if you are reading it, you sit there. So she will read the prayer. She said, "I will come back." She is my wife. That book will not leave. For the first little quarrel we had in our relationship early days was because of one of my books. The way she handled it, Ah, hey, 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 hey. Madam, what is the issue? Now? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, it, it, there's, so there is no. You will know if you are around me. You will know I love books. You, if, you, if I die, you can make my coffin like a book. I will, I will glide into heaven. Do you understand? That is my value system. If you don't have respect for books, I don't walk with you. Am I weird? Yes, and I like it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's your values that determines your friends. It's not your friends that determine what. Your value. You know, I got a book for my kids, and you know, I mean, I saw the book some time ago. It was torn, something. The anger, and I, they, 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 they had to be grateful to God. I saw it when both of them are gone to school, because to see a book torn is like, ah how do you do that we need to have book rights how do you should be arrested how do you take a book why why should you do, do that do you understand that maybe because i also write i know the value it goes into crafting a book into writing a book into publishing a book i know what it takes to get a book out maybe that's why but you see your value system is what governs your associations. It's not your associations that will do what? Govern your value system. That's why I say a worthless man digs up evil. So if you're not someone who digs up evil, don't work with worthless people. Because a worthless man, this is his default behavior. He will dig up evil. A perverse man will do what? Will spread strife. So for instance, you can't work with people who can't control their lives. Who talk too much. Right? It, it was, so if you, you are not interested in spreading strife, don't walk with perverse people. It's simple. Because that's their default. That's why they are defined as a perverse man. The next one is a violence man will what? Entice his neighbour. Alright. Sometimes we become too emotional emotionally attached to people whose values are different from ours, thinking we will not be affected. So sometimes we associate with people Their value system is different from ours We just think it's okay, it's okay No, you will be affected You will be affected Right? How did I start reading books and loving books? Well, my dad read books, grew up in a teacher's home But my, my first, my late mentor Antonio T. always gave us Books to read You'd read a book, you reviewed That's how he mentored us And that love was cultivated If I had been mentored by a Pastor, I'm just saying If I've been mentored by a pastor, I will say It's not about education, it's about power And maybe all we did when he was mentoring us Was to lock ourselves in the room and pray Do you think I will read? I will not I will not So the people that influences you Will determine your value This is an interesting story Saul and Jonathan, Saul, David, and Jonathan is an interesting story of a complex relationship. 1 Samuel 2032. Follow this carefully. Very interesting. 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 32. Now, in 1 Samuel 2032, but Jonathan answered Saul his father and said to him, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Now, David. Um, um, Saul wanted to kill David And Jonathan was like, what has this guy done? He's not done anything, go to the next verse Then Saul his spear at him to strike him down So Jonathan knew that his father Decided to put David to death And um, Saul Wanted to kill Jonathan For asking what did David do You know Saul was a very wicked guy Then you know what happened Jonathan helped David to escape. And the scripture says he loved Jonathan. David and Jonathan's love was, you know, they loved themselves. Their soul was needed, But you see, Jonathan was too emotionally loyal to Saul, his father. And then when you go to um, 1 Samuel 31 verse 6, Jonathan died with Saul. This is it. Some of us know what is right, but we are too emotionally attached to wrong relationships that we don't cut off. We support what is right, but we die with what is wrong. There is saw die with his three sons. His Amobiah and all his men on that day together. One day, you know this is right, but you went to school with this person, and you know what? You can't leave this person. So even though you support what is right, you die with what is wrong. And let me tell you, sometimes you have to make the courage to cut off relationships. That's why, I mean personally, I don't let certain things linger. When you have left school, you have left. This is where you are. At this phase of your life, which relationships are priority for the next phase? Because not everybody you went to school with I'm just using that as an example Not everybody you went to school with Is going where you're going When the Lord called me into ministry I, I was working in the NGO world uh, Doing stuff, you know, volunteering and all of that But when I wanted to go into full time One of the things I did I changed my Facebook profile And went, changed a new, got a new Facebook I, you know, kind of left I'm not saying you should follow that approach But left Everybody I was doing this day, I didn't accept their friend request. I just began to accept only pastors, ministers, and those in ministry. And it was very easy. I knew that the temptation to return is high. So for the first four years, I separated myself from anything that was not my goal. I needed to build conventions. Because by the time I see, you know, by the time you now see people in quotes, you were better than in the NGO world already way ahead of you, and you are still struggling. You will now be saying, did God really call me? Or like, Do you understand that? I went to preach in Abuja. And, um, it was last month, May, May, I went to preach for passport, the anniversary. Went to a restaurant to eat. I saw a guy. He walked up and was like, ah! I was like, oh, so somebody were doing NGO stuff together. This is what has happened. He has done well in his own field. I have done well in my own field. Even though I unfriended him 10 years ago, we have met in the restaurant Everybody is doing well You will still meet in the future Just make sure that when you meet in the restaurant Be doing well in your own field That, that is life Do you understand? In, in this life you will meet Just just decide that Listen, before we meet again In my field I will be doing well So you say, what are you here for? I'm, saying, I'm here to preach What are you here for? I'm, saying, I'm here to do NGO work God bless you You go and do your work, and we will meet somewhere again, maybe in another nation, still focus on purpose. Because there is nothing that distracts a man like having two visions at the same time. What are you pursuing? Have the courage to say, you know what? Thank you, everyone. But it's time to live the dream. Praise God. It's time to live the dream. You know, sometimes... They're having stuff in the house and everything, and then they call my dad. He say, hey, hey. we ask him?" He said, "Don't ask him. You know that one. Everything about him is ministry." There are certain times some people will meet my dad and ask him ministry questions. He will say, "Call my son." Say on this thing in ministry, call my son. Listen to this. Listen to this. If there are preachers that are known in this world that I don't know, there'll be maybe five percent. If there are preachers in this world that are known, I'm not saying unknown, that are known, that I don't know, maybe 5%. If it is in preaching and in ministry, is extreme focus. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> so, your relationships must streamline your focus. If you are an intellectual, your predominant inner carcass should be made up of intellectuals. They will spoil you to achieve your dream. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people build houses because their friends build houses. Just encourage them. Ah, you can build now. Oh, okay. Do you understand? Because when you work with people who have built houses, they know things about houses than the man who has not built anything. So they will say, I ah, know, I know. Okay, the guy who supplied me cement, I can tell him. If you have a builder here in us, the tendency of owning a house is higher. Then you now have somebody that say, "This house safe." Even when you die, they will divide this house. <laughs> you say it's true. Mm. You yeah, are making sense. <laughs> the money is supposed to use for block. You guys need to buy a goat head. <laughs> what is it? Let somebody just eat. What is life safe? Later they will now even say the house is not my own. <laughs> How should relationships be formed? Number one. Relationships should be formed based on values, on vision, and virtues, not proximity. Not because the person is your neighbor. Not because the person is your childhood friend. Sometimes, not even necessarily because the person is in your church. There can be people in your church who are not going in the same direction you're going. So your relationship is formed based on what? Values, vision, and what? Virtues. What are your values? What do you value? I don't like hanging around people who don't respect time. I don't like hanging around people who are not conscious of the future. We can be at peace, but you don't necessarily have to be my friend. What are your virtues? What are your values? What are the things you hold in high esteem? There are things that should not be compromised in relationships. If all my friends around me, my closest friends around me tell me we will get this done, I don't need a written note from there they'll get it done. You have friends that constantly will not keep their word. Constantly will not keep their word. And you still say, listen. (laughs) You know, you need to have friends that in the day of danger, they tell you, I will come for you. Even if your phone is unreachable, you know that these people will find me. People of virtue. Values and vision. What are your values? So you have to write your values. What is your vision? What virtues do you uphold? Number two. Every relationship would require time. To nurture it, you have to ask if you have the time for it. Sometimes we will consciously develop relationships by giving our time to certain individuals. Sometimes we don't say we want to be in relationship with people, and you need to pay attention to this. Whoever you give your time to consistently, a relationship will develop. And I really want to pay attention to these singles. This is where you need to be careful. Because if your emotions go before logic, you would have fallen in love before you realize I can't marry this person, and it will be too difficult to pull back. Most people that are in difficult marriages today saw the signs, but their emotions were way ahead of your logic. If, if you are close to someone and it will not lead to relationship, place boundaries as soon as so time, we can't have a conversation. This is the limit of our conversation. Listen, don't trust yourself, trust your boundaries. What did I say? Come on, everybody, let's repeat it. What did I say? What should you trust? Your boundaries. So, you are single, and you keep giving your time to a particular individual, a relationship will develop. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why, if you are close to anybody, you will find out, and I tell people all the time, look at your phone log and see the constant call. Who calls you all the time? Just check. You bring out your phone. You can. Don't do you it now. When you get home, just take your phone and check your call log. And check your call log. And sometimes I tell, calculate the number of times. you have a smartphone, calculate the number of times you speak with this person. And sometimes we can just be naive. Oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. I mean, even God created the whole earth out of nothing. So things are created out of nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is out of nothing that things are created. How are things created? The force of words. How is that communicated? As you keep communicating, you are creating a bond. That is why listen carefully. Even if you are married in the same house but you communicate with someone else more, what happened? Your affection goes in that direction because you create bond out of communication. If you you, you can have your wife in the house, but you're talking to someone else. It can be nothing, but it's creative because you are like God. So you can create a whole world out of nothing. So you need to Put your boundaries. We'll talk about that. Every relationship has boundaries. Number three, life is essentially not determined by the quantity of friends, but quality of friends. Quality here is friends who are vision-driven and purpose-driven. You don't need to have 50 friends in this life. You don't need to be the party person. Do you understand? You know there are some guys, well, maybe that's your nature. There are some people that are party people. If they are not in a party, know that that party was not well planned. Is that? she didn't go say no. Say oh, we be done that means they didn't do it well. because if they did it, where well, you are there? <laughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty four. It says, "A man of too many friends comes to ruins." And I will explain this to you. Just give me a bit of time so we can finish this, please. Proverbs eighteen twenty four. Are you still in church? Yes. Say amen if you are here. Or oh, you are tired. Are you still here? Yes. Can we go on a little bit? Right. It says, "A man of too many friends come to ruin." But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Here, the scripture is just telling you to choose quality over quantity. You know why? Because many friends, you will try to please them. So this your friend is like this, that one is like this, that one is like this. You are at the center, trying to. So you, if you go to the three of your friends' house, you have three different people. So, when you have quality friends, you can know what you 're investing in. then you have too many friends. Remember what I 've said. The Bible law is that we are at peace with all men we 're talking about friends now we 're talking about managing close relationships. All right. Three categories of relationship. Let me go quickly. We still have a lot to cover. Okay. Uh, wow, silly lot. Three categories of relationship. Mm. Alright, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's pray. Let's close here. I'll, I'll pick it up from here next time I'm teaching. Instead of rushing this, let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for everyone in this service. I ask, Father God, that you will cause these words to be strengthened in their hearts in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So keep, keep your notes. Um, if I'm teaching again, I'll pick it up from here uh, so that we can... We can really deal with this very gradually. How many of you think that's better? Yeah, that's better. Amen. Have you learned something this morning? Are you sure you've learned something this morning?